this is the second part of the three-part interview with Greg Hughes, Superintendent of Khartoum American School. Okay, Greg, so who actually uh, puts up the or sets up the curriculum? Who, who designs that for each school since they're all independent? Yeah, that's a very good question, Darren. Um, the, way, uh, the way in which a lot of schools actually come into fruition is that they generally start from the, um, from the embassy communities. Usually it's somebody from the U.S. Embassy or somebody from one of the other embassies who just wants to start up a school so that their children don't have to go to boarding school. And then that generally shapes the, the philosophies of the school. It also shapes the direction the school's going into. Obviously, if a school's set up by the British, uh, the British Embassy, they would have a British curriculum. If it's set up by the American Embassy, it would have an American curriculum, etc. So there were many, many uh, different curriculums that were set up. I've been fortunate enough in the last uh, 10 years to be working in the American education system. And uh, we follow an American curriculum. We're accredited through through accrediting bodies such as Middle States Association, etc. And, and these are schools that not only offer a, a curriculum that is American, but they also, they also um, have been approved by these accrediting bodies, which, which therefore makes, maintains the quality of your school. When the accrediting bodies come out, they send a team of people who actually inspect the school. They make sure that everything's in place. And, and they do a fantastic job maintaining standards throughout the world. Uh, I think the most important thing is that when you're looking at international schools, you've got to look for one that, that is accredited but also has a solid curriculum behind itself. I think the goal of most, uh, most of these international schools is to prepare children for universities and colleges. And I think that uh, by offering a program that allows entry into university and colleges is important. At our school, like I said, we've just followed the high school diploma. We, we also do AP exams, advanced placement exams, etc. And we're geared towards getting people into the United States predominantly. However, of course, people often go off to the UK and they come back to Australia, etc. So there's many different places they go to, but our system is geared, towards, geared more towards the American system. Uh, one of the very, very popular... Um, programs in the world at present is the International Baccalaureate and a lot of schools have started adopting the International Baccalaureate program. It's a very strong program too and, and the International Baccalaureate is recognized throughout the world as a, as a quality certificate that will again allow entry into all of the universities throughout the world. So there's very different, different philosophies, there's different programs out there. I think again it's important that if a teacher is hoping to get involved in this in this line of work they should do their research, they should make sure that they know a little bit about each system and I think again it comes down to finding a good match would you fit into that system? If you're interested in becoming an international teacher find out about the system and, and find out if, if that's the way in which you'd like to actually move your career. One of the things that we take very seriously is our teacher welfare and obviously teacher welfare starts with the recruitment process if you recruit somebody who you know is going to struggle at your school, you're doing them a disservice. And I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you're putting yourself in a situation where you're not going to be happy. So one of the things I often tell teachers at recruiting is, you know, you've got to make sure that your own personal happiness is in place before you go looking for anything else. And so we spend a lot of time making sure that teachers are comfortable. We give them housing. We fly them over every year. We also have many other benefits and allowances that we give. 
obviously um, these vary from school to school but uh, it's very competitive out there and everyone's trying to do their best to get the best possible teachers we possibly can again I mean as I said once before we're really a community school our schools are very small they need teachers who will fit in, they need teachers who will get along with each other, they'll need teachers who are prepared to collaborate and work together. And if you get somebody who wants to come in and rock the boat or somebody who is, who is more happy to isolate themselves, I think there's less, less um, likelihood that they'll be comfortable working in that school environment that we've set up. And while, while we're on that, because obviously we've had uh, conversations over the years, um, regarding some of your experiences, particularly in um, some of the smaller places in Africa, um, fairly, as you said, fairly small communities, fairly poor communities, um, compounds, those sorts of things where obviously it can be dangerous for staff. What are some of the uh, special challenges of working in, as you said, areas that are not like Australia, where safety is a, is a concern? Mm -hmm. um, what are some of those special challenges that someone needs to be prepared for? You've mentioned some, but... Yeah, no problem. Um, to be honest, you know, one of the things you've got to understand is that every country is different, every capital city is different, every, every school is different in terms of, of what challenges come up. I think, safety aside, one of the biggest challenges, I think, for any international school is simply infrastructure. I think we're spoiled here in Australia. We have beautiful running electricity, we have beautiful running water and that's not always the case in the in the developing world and I think once you can uh, overcome those challenges that's that's one of the things that's probably you spend a lot of time doing as I said previously I have a lot of time where I actually look at maintenance of the plant and I have a lot of time where I look at maintaining the staff in quarters etc and those things take up a little bit more of your time than you'd actually like but unfortunately they're some of the challenges you have to face but getting back to the security issue, security obviously is a very, very important thing. Some countries you can predict uh, some of these security issues that are going to happen. There was uh, an incident only last year in, in Guinea-Conakry where I worked where unfortunately there was a massacre and 150 people were, were killed and, and that was an instance where we could foresee trouble happening. It was a political rally, we knew there was going to be trouble so we took appropriate action. I think the one of the things that I often tell parents, which is very, I think it's very simple but, but smart, and that is if you don't get into trouble, you don't have to get out of trouble. And so by closing the school whenever you see that there could be some trouble brewing, you're not going to put yourself in any sort of risk. I mean, there are other parts of the world where just simply the nature of the, the country makes it a, a difficult place in terms of security. If a person goes out in, in, let's say, Johannesburg, for example, and gets mugged, there's no way you could predict something like that happening, and so it's very difficult to take precautions. But, I mean, safety is our number one priority. We do all that we can to make sure that our schools are safe. We have a wonderful relationship with the American Embassy, and we work through the regional security officer there to make sure he updates us on any potential problems that could be coming up. We have fantastic, uh, fantastic network with all of the other embassies. So in terms of knowing what's going on politically and in terms of being proactive and taking a really, really safe approach with our children, I think uh, we're well set up. And of course, you're not going to be doing yourself a, a favour if you, if, you, if you neglect security because sure enough, if something happens to one of your teachers or something happens to one of your students, it's obviously something you, you live with for the rest of your life.
Stay tuned next week for the last part in this three-part series.